Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. In five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the Rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the Rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400, around the world on the iHeartRadio app. My name is Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon. Lots of stuff to cover and uh, lots of guests today. Later on, we'll have former Gamecock wide receiver Tim Frisbee. In addition to uh, the host of Kicking It with Crowder, Tyler Crowder joins us to tell you where you can make your best bets. But the leadoff hitter, the man that always gets it done for us here, Will Vandervoort from the Clemson Insider. Will, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good, Rob. How are you, buddy? You got to make sure you uh, do better than uh, my Atlanta Braves, who uh, seem, couldn't seem to get the leadoff guy at on at all during the NLCS, and uh, that ended up hurting them, man. Ugh. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to at least get a base hit for you. If not anything, just draw a walk. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'll need, try need, to get on base for you here. I need a, I need a good, productive at bat. Can, can, can we go with that? <laughs> all right, we'll take it, man. Man, I love baseball so much that I could just make baseball references all day. But we're going to talk football today with the Clemson Tigers playing Syracuse this weekend. And I, I know it sounds like I'm silly with this, but the Tigers are a six-touchdown and field goal uh, favorite in this game. Man, mm-hmm. that is that is a heck of a lot of points going into a conference game. Yeah, I think when I saw on Packer and Durham show the other day on the ACC Network that it's the fifth largest spread in ACC history. The other four all involve Florida State. Now, when I say it's conference games only, the other four involve Florida State. Um, and it was Florida State, Duke. It was Florida State, Wake Forest at the highest, like in 2000, I believe is what it was. And right. then, uh, which was like, I think, 54 points. And then... The other ones were all in the '90s when Florida State was on its run, and it was both. The other three, other two times or three times, were involved Duke and Wake Forest. So, <laughs> so, so you, you can see that the teams that have been on this list are really, really good in basketball, but not so much in football. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of Syracuse kind of falls in line with that, you know. But it, but it's crazy because two years ago. This is the same Syracuse program with the same head coach. Now, obviously, different players, but with the same head coach and some of the same coaching staff that you know gave Clemson everything they had and were 43 seconds away from pulling off the upset two years in a row on Clemson. And um, but yet things have definitely changed at Syracuse. That team won 10 games, by the way. That's, that's the crazy thing about it. They're two years removed from a 10-win season, and they're now a 46 46-point underdog. It's, it's, it's nuts. Well, and it's amazing how, and, uh, you know, I watched uh, Coach Baber's press conference the other day, and it's amazing how you can go from that 10 wins and have not, you know, they never really recruit at the top of the ACC anyway, but 
they're dealing with a lot of injuries heading into this matchup with Clemson, and when that happens, you can fall behind quick to just about everybody in the conference. Yeah, you can. And, you know, the injuries, they had three running backs that opted out for the season. They had a couple of defensive backs that opted out for the season. When I was doing my research, uh, 60 players dressed last week for a home game for Syracuse. 60. That's all they had available were 60 players. Wow. And it wasn't because guys were sick with COVID or anything. It was strictly injuries and people opting out. So, They've had they've had some issues up there, you know, before the season started, they had, you know, players that weren't happy with how the whole COVID situation was going and how things were being handled and they a couple guys transferred out at that time. Um when they started they started practice, a couple guys didn't like the way things were going, so they they opted out and so it's just been a mess for them. Um and then their wide receiver last week, uh, you know, he he does something he's not supposed to. I don't believe he's going to play in this game um, because I think he's going to be suspended for the for his actions. Uh, what he when the, the ACC cameras showed him on the sidelines and he gave a rude gesture uh, with his hand. So <laughs> yeah, so they're in. Um, you know, they're they're really shorthanded, man. And and going against Clemson, a Clemson team that is right now clicking. And you know, and I made this point to a lot of people. When I've talked to uh, on on radios or podcasts or whatever, Georgia Tech was a team last week that was p- coming in playing with a lot of confidence. They just scored over fifty points on on excuse me on uh, Louisville the week before. They were two and two. They're a much improved program from they were the year before, and yet Clemson just went in there. I mean, Clemson's going to win the game, and they were twenty seven point favorite. Uh, but I mean, nobody saw seventy three coming, and Georgia Tech didn't see 73 coming, and it, it was, you know, a couple of years ago, Clemson, when they played Louisville and they scored 77, yeah, but Louisville was beat up, and they the team had quit already by that point. You know what I'm saying? Right. That same year, Wake Forest, they, they put 63 on Wake Forest, but Wake Forest was beat up. You know, that whole secondary for Wake Forest was like, I mean, their safeties, they had no safeties in the game, literally. they they're All three of their safeties got hurt in the game. So they had, they had like some walk-on kid playing at safety. And they had no chance. But Georgia Tech was healthy last week. Georgia Tech was playing with a lot of confidence. Georgia Tech wasn't quitting. And uh, they've won a couple football games. And Clemson just laid the woodshed to them. And that's just more of a testament to Clemson. And by the way, Clemson took out all its starters in the third, in the you know after the first series of the third quarter. And so they played the entire second half with second, third, fourth teamers and still scored 21 more points and held Georgia Tech to zero. Well, let me ask you this. I, I was watching um, both – uh, both games, because of course I work with our best Gamecock coverage on our sister station here. I look mm-hmm. up; it's fifty-two to seven in the third quarter, and Trevor Lawrence trots out for another series. And mm-hmm. I literally tweeted out, "What the hell is going on here?" I I, I just didn't understand it. And I'm not I'm not Dabo what. Sweeney, but can can you shed some light on that? Because to me, it's you know yeah, one defensive lineman out. rolls into him. That's that's not good. Yeah, and I and I see that too. But they took out um, everybody um, on the team. They took out pretty much all the starters besides Trevor on that one drive. And then Trevor came out after that. If you remember, he didn't play anymore after that. Right, he he played the, the one series. He played that just that one series. The reason that they did it, though, now I don't got this confirmed to me, 
but I but I heard little birdie tell me uh, the reason it was done was primarily because Trevor had never thrown for 400 yards in the game and he was nine yards away. And it was more like, let's let him go out there and get that so he can have that on his resume, something he's never done before. Um, and so I think that's more what it was, something I think Trevor wanted to do or, you know, they thought he thought would be cool or something. I don't know. That's what a birdie, a little birdie told me. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened, but uh, it makes sense when you think about it because he ended up playing that one series. He got he got over 400 yards and they took him out. So, you know, you know that that's uh, I think that's where it was. I don't know. Um, but uh, they, I'm with you. We were surprised too to see him out there. But maybe this is one of those times where you you got to make the star player happy, right? You let him go out there and you just you, you can't play scared. That's what you hear the coaches always say. And I mean, maybe you I, go I, out there and let him get the milestone because you know that's a cool milestone for kids to get. And you know maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Like I said, that's just what I heard. Uh, I haven't got it confirmed, but that's what I heard. I I I mean I'm I'm with you on that, but. I also am in the camp of, once again, he's going to be a very unhappy individual if he has to sit on the bench with an injury. So. <laughs> well, it's like last year with Tua Tagovailoa. If you remember in that old Miss game, they're late. In the, I think it was the last drive of the second quarter. They're up thirty. They're what? They're up thirty-five, nothing, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Wanted re- to go back really what, what the yeah, what the reason was? It might have been even more than that. The reason of putting him out there, and then what happens? He ends up getting hurt on that play. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things, though. You hear coaches say it all the time. You hear Dabo say it all the time. You can't play scared. You got. You got to. If they want to play, you got to let them go play to a certain extent. And um, and then they pull them. And you know, when they think, okay, this is the time to do it. I don't know what the real. You know, again, as I said before, don't know what the main reason was behind that. I think you know from what I heard, that's what it was. Again. Nobody at Clemson confirmed that to me, um, but um, it was it was curious. We were saying the same thing as we're watching the game. Like, you know, why is Trevor coming back in in the third quarter? You know, he really doesn't need to be out there. You know, but hey, you know, it, each his own. Everybody, you know, Dabo normally doesn't do anything like that. I mean, it goes very against Dabo. He doesn't usually care about stuff like that. But maybe this was something where Trevor talked him into it, saying, "Hey, coach, I really would like to get this. Can I at least try to get it?" You know, yeah. I'll just do this one series. Yeah, and okay. I mean, that's fair. Uh, the folks that were watching the game with me were like, oh, uh, Coach Sweeney's chasing a Heisman. And I'm like, well, Coach Sweeney doesn't get the Heisman. Trevor Lawrence does. So let's put that yeah. out there first. Yeah, and, but... and Dabo, as we all know, you go back and look at Dabo's record, he doesn't do that. I mean, he took that Charlotte game last year. He took Trevor out in the first quarter where Trevor could have probably thrown 800 yards in that game. <laughs> You know, but he took him out in the first quarter. At the end of the first quarter, he took him out of the game. So he, he doesn't – Dabo doesn't care about that stuff. So that's really why I believe if I had to go, it, it, it had to come from Trevor, where Trevor wanted to try to get that mark. He had right, well, to know, he, so maybe somebody told him he was sitting there real close to it, and maybe he wanted to go get it. Well, speaking of Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, you and I both are in the land of of Twitter and everything else, and I'm sure you've seen some of the stuff on Twitter – where the the whole thing with Lawrence going to the Jets, I I personally believe um, you know he's going to go wherever wherever he gets drafted. But man, it's funny some of the stuff that that comes up out there with maybe he mm-hmm. wouldn't go to the Jets, but Lawrence isn't that type of player. Would you agree? I don't think he would. I think he would go where you know he gets taken. Um, I really do. Um, you know. 
you, you never totally know no to, to them, but everything tells me with his attitude and the kind of young man he is that he would just go there and feel like, hey, look, you know, if they promise me that I'm going to, you know, they're going to like do everything they can to build a team around me, then I'm going to, you know, do my best to go up there and, 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 and be humble and, and, and take, take what, a, I mean, what an honor that is to be the number one overall pick. I mean, so, yeah, I'm with you. I, it does, it's not his character to do something like that. But, you know, the rhetoric's out there because the Jets are, let's just, they're a train wreck, let's just be honest. They're gone, so you can see where people would think that, and we've yeah. seen it done before. You know, I guess the last time it happened was Eli Manning. Eli um, didn't want to go to the Chargers and instead, instead went to the Giants. He got traded to the Giants. So, you know, uh, we saw John Elway do it. He didn't want to go to the Colts. Um, so he ended up going to Denver. Uh, I think, so I think of basketball, before. Kobe Bryant didn't want to go to the Hornets. They drafted him anyway and traded him. I mean, right. that's just and, the way and, well, that it that's is. what you do. You, you trade. I think that's what the Chargers did with Phillip Rivers. Right. Uh, they got they traded Manning for the for Phillip Rivers and got something else in return. Also, so um, you know, it, it's it's strange stuff how that stuff works out. But I think in the end, it all works out. But you don't want a guy. To me, I don't want a guy who doesn't want to play for me. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. So I would. I would do that. I mean, I'd be like the guy was really. Like, hey, man, I really don't want to play for you guys. If he was really that way, you know, I was talking to um, LeVon Kirkland about this very subject, you know, on our podcast. Not not, not this kind of thing, but, you know, it was actually after our podcast. We were just kind of talking, and it, this kind of came up. And, and he told me about how when he went and visited the Steelers, he was like, man, I want to play for this team. Like, I, you know, Bill Cowher was first-year head coach that year, was coming in, and he really liked the energy of Bill Cowher. He loved the organization, and he's like, this is a team I want to play for. So he's like, you know, just because I want to play for them doesn't mean it's going to happen. And so, you know, so you got to kind of put that in there. Now, he got lucky, and he ended up getting drafted by the Steelers and played for them. Um, but, you know, he said he would have been happy anywhere he went because, you know, you, you, you'd appreciate that somebody – drafted you because it is an honor to get drafted and it's not something you know there's not many people that do it you know there's only 53 guys a year that make nfl rosters on each team so i don't know you do the math on that times 32 it's not many not many so you know it's it's an honor to get drafted especially the first or second round and and so i think most guys they're kind of like they appreciate what it means and, and and what an honor it is and and i think you know you just don't want to go to you don't want a kid if you're an NFL team if you know that guy doesn't want to go there you don't want to take them you know what I'm saying right and so well, I and think that's, that's important in selection process I think there's an there's an element of honor to that and I know it sounds like uh, I'm being cheesy here but my my best example every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at U.S. Border Patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. That is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan went to the Chicago Bulls, and they were terrible. Terrible. I mean, they were, I mean, they were so bad. I mean, just horrible. And he had to go in and basically be the you man. You know how bad that? they were? What's it? Yeah. I was a kid then. Yeah. I was a kid then. I was, I was a young kid. I was just getting into my teenage years. I'm a huge Lakers fan. And, of course, I hated the Celtics, hated the New York Knicks, hated the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Philadelphia 76ers. 
you know, I didn't even know Chicago had a basketball team. That's how bad they were. <laughs> I didn't even know. But, I'm like, I didn't know Chicago had a basketball team, yeah. you know, until Michael Jordan took them. And, exactly. uh, you know, and, and then, of course, we know the rest of the story there. But And, that, and that's the thing. Trevor Lawrence has the, the – uh, we all think that he has the talents to, uh, to be a great player on the NFL level. He has the opportunity to take those God-given talents that he has and go to the Jets and resurrect the Jets. I mean, think about that for just a moment. That's the kind of challenge that I would want. I would want to go somewhere where people think, oh my goodness, that is a horrible team, and be the guy, and then 20 years from now, people think about that team, and they think about me and how I built that up. I think that's great. But And he's the perfect quarterback, in my opinion, to handle the New York media. And what I mean by that is, He's a he's a he's a very he's very outspoken about his faith as a Christian. Um, he's he's engaged already, so he's not going to be one of those guys that's going to be rebel rousing across town, New York City. He's going to stay out of trouble, and he'll sit there and talk to the media when he needs to. He's not going to give them. You're not going to see TMZ breaking any stories on Trevor Lawrence. You see my point? I yeah, mean, I'm with you. It's, it's not going to happen. He's not going to be a distraction. He's going to come there, and he's going. To, he's got one thing and one thing on his mind, and that is to win football games for the New York Jets. Is what he will do. And I'm going to be honest with you, if they if they are able to get him the, the people around him, such as an offensive line and some receivers, I think they'll do pretty good. I yeah, mean, well, but it starts with the quarterback, and you know, and they they they've always been pretty good on defense. So they got some players on defense. I think they're just missing those elements on the offensive line. But I think actually Sam Darnold, I don't think anything's wrong with him. I just think the fact that he hadn't had the pieces in front of him, and he's running for his life, and he's running scared. And, uh, you know, you just hope they haven't ruined him as a quarterback. He's got uh, those happy feet is the term that I use. He's, he's been hit so much that he thinks he's going to get hit every play. So, yeah, I, I think ask that's ba- part of ask it. Ask Baker Mayfield how that works. Yeah, that doesn't work out too well. Uh, finally, <laughs> just just real quick on this matchup with Syracuse. I mean, I, I expect it to be one-sided on Saturday. Um, as far as, as Clemson goes, uh, what, what do they get from this matchup, playing a team that they know that they have so much more talent than? Well, I think, you know, for Clemson, it's more or less going out there and kind of just playing to your standard, and it's, a, it's another opportunity to get those – those young players a chance to play. And, you know, remember last week, DJ Dabo talked about he had shoulder tightness, and so he didn't play. They really would like to get him out there and get him some live game reps, some more live game reps. Um, I can see if he's healthy, which it sounds like he is, from what Dabo's been telling us, um, if he's healthy, I can see them script some plays early in the game for him to get in on, uh, just like they did against Miami and Virginia earlier this year. So I think you, you're going to see – probably some of that early in the game. Um, and then I can see him coming in and maybe taking over and him running the third quarter. And if Pupachon's ready, remember he broke his hand last week, his left hand. If he's ready, Dabo says he practiced Tuesday and Wednesday. So if they think he can play, you can see him out there in the in the fourth quarter. Um, so And then also those young offensive linemen who, who are getting better by the week, those second and third team offensive linemen. And that's big for Clemson because they want to – try to get more depth there. So this is an opportunity to get those guys more playing time. Um, so I think probably the goal for Dabo and the team would be to take care of business early, get yourself a lead, and then allow some of those young guys to start playing once they feel like they got the game in hand. How, 
how tough are these guys, man? I, I don't know about you, but I'm not this tough. Wait a minute. This guy broke his hand, but he may play this week. Mm, simple as that. I, I got nothing, dude. Yeah, but it helps, though, when it's your left hand and not your right hand if you're throwing off your right hand. I don't so, care. 260-pound defensive lineman still chasing me. They land on it. That's still going to hurt. That's true. Even though it, even though Syracuse is not a good football team, it's still a Division One football team, so they got some good players. Uh, and you're right. I mean, that definitely would, would kind of scare me, too. But that's why me and you don't play football, though. <laughs> exactly. I'll just sit up here and run my mouth. And you can do things like uh, write more books, like the book you got out now, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, the Hidden History of Clemson Football is out on, you know, bookstores everywhere and on Amazon.com. And so uh, we, I would greatly appreciate it if you guys go out and grab one. It's, you know, I, you know I, I had fun writing it. Um, you know, it goes all the way back from the very beginning of Clemson Football. Uh, I got stories in there about Frank Howard and Danny Ford and uh, obviously Davo Sweeney and, and then the program and, and the Tiger Paul, how it came about, the $2 bill tradition. All those things are in there. Um, so, you know, go buy it, and, uh, you know, I would appreciate it. Also, go check out my podcast with Levon Kirkland. You can get that on any place where you get your podcast at. Um, it's Believe Clemson Football with Levon Kirkland and Will Vandervoort. Um, you know, we, we do it every week, and so I appreciate you guys going and downloading that for us. And then, of course, come to our website and read us, man. Uh, we're free 24-7. Uh, you can also get our message board. It's free also. Um, you know, and, and we break down everything Clemson. We'll have everything about this game going to and after. And then also all the recruiting news you get to. Uh, Gavin, all of our recruiting guy, does a great job following all the recruiting stuff. He's our full-time recruiting writer. So got a lot of content on there. And go check it out. It's for free at theclemsoninsider.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Will or on uh, Twitter at Clemson Insider. Will Vandervoort from the Clemson Insider. Hey, man, once again, appreciate you joining us on the program. Looking forward to uh, your coverage of this week's game uh, with, as my friend calls them, the fruit up at uh, up at Syracuse with the orange. Big orange. The big orange. <laughs> there we go. Hey, man, thanks so much. I appreciate you, brother. All right, man. We'll talk to you later, guys. Y'all have fun. All right, there you go. Will Vandervoort from the Clemson Insider. And I tell you what, man, uh, they put out some good stuff over there. If you want to go and check out their website. And his book is really good stuff, too. And LeVon Kirkland, friend of the show, who I may try to get on next week. Let him talk a little bit about this podcast that he's doing. Because um, LeVon's, uh, LeVon's got some great stories, of course, playing in the NFL and playing with uh, some great Steelers defenses and all the cool stuff that he did. So I may get LeVon Kirkland on the show for uh, next, next week. I think that's what we're going to work on. All right, we'll take a quick break when we come back. I have a lot more for you in on the rundown. Later on, Tyler Crowder joins us, the host of Kicking It with Crowder. We give you our betting picks for the week. And Tim Frisbee talks a little bit about the Gamecock football game with LSU. For the rundown in just a moment on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Thanks for joining us today. As we get set up for the weekend, don't forget tomorrow we will have our picks for the weekend. Last week I picked, uh, hold on, let me look, my notes. I picked seven games. I went four and three. It's not exactly the best week, just saying. I mean, I've done better. Maybe tomorrow I'll probably pick eight games tomorrow. We'll try to go. The goal every week is to go six and two. 
but I think I went seven and one one week, and then the other weeks I've been either five and three or four and three, something like that. But we'll give you our picks on Friday as we get set up for the weekend. Lots of good football this weekend. And I give the Big Ten grief, but they're getting back in the mix to play their abbreviated season. By abbreviated, I mean that you're not playing a full season, so you don't deserve to be considered for the college football playoff. Sorry if that hurts feelings. You can have your own little playoff with all of the Big Ten riders that put you into the top 25, even though you haven't played a game yet. Yeah, you can have that, that, that kind of bowl game there. Charge people $79.95. Let them... Uh, let them pay for that. See, see how that works out for you. Still baffles me. It's my backhand thing of the Big Ten. I'm probably going to have one every day. And what's going to be more interesting is if you look at the, um, if you look at the, uh, the, the protocols that are put out by the Big Ten as far as for this coming season. Yeah, <laughs> if someone literally gets a hangnail, the whole team shut down. I'm being a little bit over the top there, but they are everybody's testing every day. I mean, and not and, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't do things that are in the best interest of the athletes. I'm not. I'm just saying there's a lot bigger chance where you could have some postponements. But the biggest thing is going to be right around Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving or maybe the week after when you've got let's say a 6 and 0 Big 10 team that can't play any more games and they're going to expect us well you have to let them in the playoff what are you crazy i mean let's not look at a 10 and 1 sec team or um you know or a 10 and 1 acc team no we don't need any of that we don't need those guys from the big 12 that are 10 and 0 no 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 these this 6 and 0 team here from the big 10 they need to go in over everybody else that's the mentality that a lot of the Big Ten folks have. But yeah, that, that's coming. I like to try to give you some of the headlines from a month from now that we're going to hear today. That's going to be the big thing from the four-letter network, that they're going to come back and spew at us that the Big Ten needs to have a spot in the college football playoff regardless. That's just the way that it is. And they're going to try to make you... You, sitting there driving around in your car today, listening in your office, in your cubicle, where I'm just barely loud enough where your boss doesn't hear you. Yeah, you. They're going to try to make you feel bad because they're going to say, you know what? If COVID wasn't here, we wouldn't have this problem. They're going to tug at your little heartstrings a little bit. They're going to tell you about all all these great uh, stories from the Big Ten. What they're going to fail to do is tell you that the Big Ten put this put this upon themselves. They could have finished this all up in July and did what the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 did and started their season on time. But you know what? The Big Ten has proven they don't care about their athletes. The, the main office there, they don't care. So normally I mock Ohio State. But I got to give credit to Ryan Day and his coaching staff and uh, the players that are there, too, that basically said, uh-uh, we're not going to let you uh, not care about us there, Big Ten office. We want to uh, not care about us there, Big Ten office. 
We want to play. That's what we want to do. That's what the story should be. Okay? The, the story should be that. Of course, we won't get that. We'll just get the COVID did this. No, the COVID didn't do it. The way that they, the way that they handled the COVID-19 did. All right, if you want to respond to that, 803-978-1832. Marty getting responses from our resident Ohio State uh, apologist. Uh, John says Clemson would have one or two losses in the Big Ten. To who? Ohio State's never beaten Clemson. They're the best team there. D- <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Stop thinking that you're on the level of Clemson. When you play, you lose. Ohio State can't beat South Carolina. So just stop with all that. And we've all agreed on this show that Ohio State is the best team from the Big Ten. I think Clemson beats them by two touchdowns. Simple as that. It's a mess, man. you got to love the passion from these people. I wish that they would all complain to the Big Ten about how they screwed up their season. Because if there's anybody with a, with a lick of sense on the college football playoff committee, they need to come in first day and say point blank, Big Ten's not in it. If you can't get your eight games in, you don't deserve to be here. All right, so we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have Tyler Crowder with us, host of Kicking It with Crowder. He'll join us here in just a moment on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to the rundown. Out to the phone we go. We welcome in. I'm going to start calling you our betting expert. He is Tyler Crowder, host of Kicking It with Crowder. He doesn't miss very often. Tyler, what's going on, brother? What's up, Rob? Thanks for having me on, buddy. All right. I want to look at some of the games this week here that we've got. Let's start with the Clemson-Syracuse game. 45 points. That's the (laughs) line in this matchup. And I know you're laughing, but that is a lot of points. I... I think I can venture to say that you would not touch this game, but if you had to, what would you? Uh, which way would you lean on this? Well, after what happened to Syracuse last week, getting beat by Liberty at home, uh, they got beat pretty handily in that one. And then we all know what Clemson did against Georgia Tech last weekend, put us to lacking on the Yellow Jackets. I mean, at this point, it's, it'd be hard for me not to take Clemson. You're right. I probably would stay away from this one. 45 points is just about a lot. Um, but I probably have to take Clemson on this one, man. I mean, after what they just did in the first half versus the Yellow Jackets last week, and you got Syracuse coming off a really, really tough loss for that program, uh, I'll, take, I'll take Clemson on this one. Uh, say 56 to 7, something like that. I think that. Uh, I think that could really be a, a good possibility. Maybe Clemson hangs another 60 on there. Uh, but I'll take Clemson with this one. Just based off of what I've seen lately off Clemson, Clemson is getting better and better each week, and I don't think Syracuse is a very good football team. Well, let's move into the SEC now. South Carolina on the road at LSU this week. Uh, lots of ba- It seems like bad things have been happening with LSU. Uh, this yeah. week, of course, their starting quarterback, Miles Brennan, is out, so they're going to have to start two freshmen there. Uh, they imposed uh, scholarship bans upon themselves, basically told El- Odell Beckham Jr., don't come back to campus. And then today, <laughs> there's pictures that are out there on the internet of uh, Coach Orgeron with a 
with a lady. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's just, huh? (laughs) We went a long way from raising that trophy and stepping on confetti to, wow, now they're a seven-point favorite against the South Carolina team that's not scared to go in there to fight. Yeah, I, I like I like what I saw out of South Carolina last week. I actually took Auburn so I my last week uh, with these Gamecocks. Gamecocks can get it done not only on the uh, defensive side of the football, but also their offenses look pretty good. They got a decent running back. They got Smith at receiver. Colin Hill is settling in. I really like the Gamecocks on that one. Plus seven uh, depends on where you get them at. Plus six, plus seven, but I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I mean, what you're talking about an team who lost to Missouri a few weeks ago. South Carolina's looked better at Missouri so far. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Gamecocks could pull the upset. Uh, but I'll take I'll take South Carolina and and Horn, you know, Horn, like the fabulous cornerback they have, Joe Horn's son, of course. I mean, he looked really good last week. If he can shoot those three, Joe and the running back and wide receiver get to make some plays like they've been doing the last few weeks, I really like South Carolina plus seven in this one. All right, let's move to the ACC real quick here. North Carolina State and North Carolina, a pair of top 25 teams in the conference. North Carolina State sits at 4-1. and one. So mm-hmm. interesting uh, interesting matchup. North Carolina coming off that uh, embarrassing loss to Florida State that it just mm-hmm. didn't make sense. Uh, which way do you lean in this one? I think 15 points is a lot coming from a team yeah. that, like you said, NC State looked good this year. So far, uh, they've they've actually pulled a couple upsets. Plus fifteen. I'm not saying they're going to pull the upset against North Carolina, but I will take the points, the two touchdowns. As long as they win by, as long as North Carolina doesn't win by more than two touchdowns, you got yourself a winner right there. So I'm going to take NC State plus fifteen points, coming off like you said, an embarrassing loss to Florida State, a team that really hadn't showed much at all until last Saturday night in Tallahassee. I think NC State Wolfpack hang around in there. I'm thinking a ten point game or so, a nine to ten point game. Game. Uh, look for North Carolina to get back on track with the victory, but I'll take the Wolf Pack with the points. All right, so there you go. Some matchups from Tyler Crowder, and uh, I, I got. Can I run one more past you really quick here? The uh, Let's do it. The Kentucky matchup with uh, where Kentucky's playing this weekend, um, and I'm looking for the actual line on this game with Kentucky playing, and of course they get the big win last week. And then this week, make sure I've got the right numbers here as I pull up the matchup in front of me. Is, is Kentucky that I'm thinking about, or does Kentucky have the bye? I've got my, my brain screwed up today. Oh, Kentucky well, plays Missouri. That's right, and Kentucky half. and Mizzou. Uh, that's an interesting matchup for two teams that want to make their way up in the, uh, the SEC East. How do you feel about that game? After what can you know, Tennessee was a, a, a pretty good pick last week, I thought for most people. Uh, but Kentucky kind of showed up and showed out, especially defensively wise. Uh, I think Missouri coming off a bye last week. I don't think they played last week. I like Kentucky in this one minus five and a half. This is a football team that came in with a bunch of good uh, had a bunch of good stuff going on at the beginning of the year. Uh, had to get back on track. It started zero and two, but did get the big win versus Tennessee. So I'm going to go ahead and take Kentucky on this one minus five and a half. All right, Tyler, tell folks where they can find your show and where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, you can find me uh, on pretty much Apple, Spotify, or the iHeartRadio app, guys. And then also on Twitter, I'm at Kick It With Crow. Uh, it's Kicking It With Crowder, but on Twitter, it doesn't fit on there. So at Kick It With Crow, guys, on Twitter. 
Kicking It With Crow on Twitter. Tyler, hey, man, thanks for joining us here on The Rundown, buddy. I appreciate it. Hey, anytime, Rob. Thanks for having me, man. All right, there you go. So there's your betting picks from, uh, from our betting expert there, Tyler Crowder, who is like, 69 and i mean some ridiculous number for the month of october go and get his picks if you uh if you like to bet a little bit there not that you can bet in south carolina but you know if you listen to the show on the iheart radio app you want to take uh you know some good bets you're out in las vegas or where uh, wherever you can actually bet yeah do that so interesting uh picks there from tyler Give you my full picks tomorrow. I'm struggling with the Clemson game. People are like, it's a 45-point game, Rob. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with it. I feel different about the South Carolina LSU game. I'll give you that tomorrow as well. I also, uh, the North Carolina-North Carolina State game, I I think it's a shoe in for North Carolina simply because NC State lost their starting quarterback. He's going to be out. And the guy they got behind him is not exactly accustomed to to playing in conference play yet. So, yeah, I think that that's an easy pick there to take uh, North Carolina. Kentucky and Mizzou, that's another interesting matchup. Mizzou, by the way, you know, you got to respect what Mizzou has done. If you go into a season and you're playing Alabama and LSU as part of your first three games of the season and you win one of the two, that's pretty good. That is that is not bad, ladies and gentlemen. Not bad. So, Mizzou, I think one of the surprises of the East, almost up there with where Arkansas is in the West. It'd be great if those two teams played each other. I think I don't think that they do they play each other down the line. I got to check on that. But Mizzou splitting with Alabama and LSU, I would not have even remotely thought that would happen at the beginning of the season. But Tyler's got great picks for you. Go to his. Uh, Twitter page at Kicking It with Crow. You can also check him out on uh, on his show. Just look for Kicking It with Crowder. It's a podcaster wherever you can uh, find your favorite podcast. So be on the lookout for that. All right, so we're going to take a quick break in just a moment. We come back. I got to talk with former Gamecock wide receiver Tim Frisbee about the young man that got approved to, uh, yesterday, uh, Jalen Brooks from Wingate. Big receiver and what he can do for the Gamecocks and how does it affect a young man who hasn't been on the field yet. So we'll get into that and a lot more when we come back. Of course, I'm on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. Folks are watching on Facebook Live. Just look for the rundown with Rob. You can also download the podcast. It'll be up about five o'clock today. More of the rundown. When we come back, you're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Final segment of the rundown this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Out to the phones, I want to welcome a gentleman who's actually been to Tiger Stadium down at LSU and actually was uh, on the field down there when... uh, when he was with his time with the South Carolina Gamecocks. Of course, he is Tim Frisbee, of course, uh, one of our hosts on the fifth quarter postgame show on 103.5 FM WVOC. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up there, Rob? Hey, man, I got a couple of questions for you. First of all, uh, we'll talk about uh, the young man that just got approved to play this week, but I want to pivot back to uh, 
when you went to LSU, tell us a little bit about that game and what you remember about the experience at Tiger Stadium. Well, you know, Tiger Stadium is, you know, obviously 108,000 people, 107,000 people. Uh, usually it's a night game for some reason or another. Uh, you know, those times uh, uh, you know, are an afternoon game. But uh, the crowd and the atmosphere is one of the, uh, the best you're going to get in the, uh, in the SEC. Uh, so, you know, when you, you go down there, it's hard to get call, uh, play calls in. It's, uh, you know, if you're a young quarterback, you can get kind of rattled pretty easily. So, uh, you know, all these things you got to be aware of. Obviously, that plays in the South Carolina's favor uh, this weekend going down there because, you know, you'll have a quarter of uh, the crowd that you normally have, uh, and uh, that definitely uh, will work against LSU. What do you remember about your experience going down there? Was it, did you, folks that I've talked to before that have played at Tiger Stadium, they, they say it's almost like you're you're walking into a, into a, a smoke cloud is the best way to. It just, just seems like everybody's on top of you, and you just seem really small. Did you have the same uh, feelings when you were there? Yeah, because when you have that many people, I mean, you're, you know, really, you're, you're the center of attention at the same time. Uh, with that many people, you're just absorbed into it. So that's why I said the atmosphere is, uh, you know, it's just one for the books. You know, you're, you'll, you'll always remember it, obviously. Well, and i tell you what, uh, do you remember any of the big plays from when, uh, when you went down there and played? Um, I mean, it wasn't obviously a good experience for us uh, uh, going down there. It's a, it, it kind of feeds into this uh, uh, our whole atmosphere against them, not being able to kind of crack their code uh, and get through. So nothing really kind of stood out that game, uh, you know, kind of a, one you want to forget. Well, I, I tell you what, but a lot of times folks go down there and uh, they they want to forget they experience what they experienced down there. Just a tough place for the Gamecocks to play. Uh, before we get you out of here, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the young wide receiver that trans- transferred in from Wingate, six foot three, hundred ninety pounds. Uh, he should be able to play this weekend. Does that affect the chemistry of the receiving room? Uh, getting him this late in the season. Well, you know, the one thing is he, he's been in that receiving room all season. Obviously not eligible to play, but he's been in there. So uh, it only affects it from the standpoint of, you know, now the pecking order. Uh, you know, who gets moved down? Because obviously uh, the kid's going to play. So who kind of gets moved down? Who moves? Who loses uh, snaps uh, is really the only way it affects it. Other than that, uh, you know, I'm sure he's up on all the schemes. Uh, he's ready to go. You know, uh, I'm not expecting too much out of him on on Saturday. I'd rather be, uh, and I know I tweeted out earlier, I'd rather be uh, pleasantly surprised by uh, what he does on Saturday versus uh, heaving a lot of expectations on him. So expect him to uh, do some easy stuff to get him the ball early. If they can get him in the groove, then take a few shots downfield and see what he can do for you. Like you said, with that stature, uh, you know, 6'3", he's definitely a guy that we've, we've needed uh, because he's not in the mold of the other receivers who are about six foot and under. So he'd probably be a guy that can go up there and get you a jump ball. Final question for Tim Frisbee, uh, host of the fifth quarter postgame show on WVOC. And of course, former Gamecock wide receiver. You know, uh, there's been a lot of stuff off the field that's happened for LSU this week from uh, 
the whole thing with uh, with Miles Brennan may not be able to play, and it looks like they're going to go with a freshman quarterback. And then you've got all of the stuff that uh, the the self imposed sanctions. So just the stuff off the field, you know, so much of it. How do you think that affects a team when they know they have to go into a matchup on on Saturday night? Well, you know, this is it's going to be very interesting because obviously this is a game that uh, LSU needs to win. Uh, you know, uh, Orgeron's kind of uh, not that he's on the hot seat because they're just coming off a national championship, have lost a lot of talent, but you know the expectations around there are very high. So uh, you know they don't want to go uh, into a situation where they're they're going to be one in three uh, if they lose to South Carolina, and it, it always seems that that a loss to South Carolina kinds to be tends to be the motivator of really uh, driving a fan base crazy. So uh, in the SEC, but uh, uh, you know we pick up that big win against Auburn now. Now it's time to get the LSU monkey off our back. So uh, you know I expect him to come in and be playing hard. Uh, obviously, all those distractions work in South Carolina's favor because that just gives uh, one extra thing for those players, that coaching staff, and those fans to be worried about. You know, I I wanted to throw this at you really quick before we get you out of here. In the past two seasons, Will Muschamp has picked up a win over Georgia, a ranked ranked team on the road. And then this season, they got a win over Auburn at home. Uh, If they could pick up a win over LSU, you could make an argument that maybe Muschamp's turning the corner. Yeah, that those wins like that are definitely uh, you know cooling down the seat a little because, like I said, Auburn's a team you haven't beat since the 30s. Uh, LSU's a team you haven't beat since 1994. Uh, if he can get the trifecta and, and beat TAMU this year also, which is a team we haven't beat since they've been in the SEC, uh, he'd be in pretty high graces with the, uh, the South Carolina fans, all considered. All right, Tim, of course, we're going to be on the air Friday night, the wee hours of the morning as uh, South Carolina squares off with LSU. Tell folks where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, uh, definitely. You can find me on Twitter at IamTimFrisbee89, uh, uh, right there on Twitter. And uh, like you just said, we'll be Saturday evening. We'll be uh, late with you. Get, I want to hear your calls and talk about the game. Hopefully a stunning victory over LSU. All right, Tim, man. Hey, thanks for joining us on the rundown today, buddy. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Anytime. All right. There you go. So Tim joins us, talks a little bit about uh, uh, Brooks coming in to the, to the wide receiver room there. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out. You know, I've got the other thing, too, of, you know, South Carolina is a seven-point underdog in this game, so it's not like people think that South Carolina is going, or Las Vegas thinks South Carolina is going to go down there and get hammered. But, you know, Kevin McCreary of former Sports Talk fame tweeted something out uh, earlier last night, and I wanted to share it with you because uh, it made so much sense to me, and I want to make sure I've got it out here, but it's basically that South Carolina eventually uh, seems like when South Carolina ends up running into a team like this, uh, Josh Kendall tweeted out first, South Carolina is either facing a struggling team on the verge of a collapse or walking into a hornet's nest on Saturday night. And K-Mac tweeted, if history is any indicator, it's a hornet's nest. I think that's the vibe with a lot of South Carolina fans. And that's something you talk about culture. You know, you want to uh, dispel that kind of culture. You know, go into a game thinking you're going to win the game. Clemson had the same problem with 
you know, oh, what was me? Uh, they're not going to beat Florida State. No, no, you have to think you're going to win. I think there needs to be some positivity with the, uh, the Gamecock program. All right, so we'll take a quick break uh, from today. Lawton Swan from Clemson Sports Talk is up next. He will uh, take you on the ride home today, so be sure to check him out. He's on Twitter, at Clemson Sports. Teddy Hefner's on in the morning. Check his show out from 9 to noon, Talking Sports with Teddy Hefner. I will be back tomorrow. Full picks and more on the rundown here on Fox Sports Radio 1400.